the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the strangest sacrifice in Israel's history. The red heifer sacrifice was considered, in fact, the most sacred and significant sacrifice in Israel's history. How many of you have ever even heard of it? I mean, we don't talk about it. We talk about the Passover lamb. We talk about Jesus dying for our sins this way and that. But the red heifer is the sacrifice that mattered the most to the Jewish nation. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's message with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled The Return of the Red Heifer. That's The Return of the Red Heifer, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. We'll bring you the first portion of this message today. Hope that you enjoy it. Here now is Pastor Mike. Dear Father, I'm asking today that you will come to us in Jesus. Help us to understand what happened at the cross and help us to see that we were there in Jesus and that our future is tied to it. May we never be anything less than the people of the cross who love Jesus, who live for him, who sacrifice not to earn eternity, but because he did. In Jesus' name, amen. For millions of Christians looking for the signs of predicting the end of the world, the return of the red heifer has signaled the end of days. A red heifer has been identified in Jerusalem. Now, some of us scratch our heads when we hear this. We say, what on earth is this red heifer thing? You see, there are people in eager expectation who believe that the return of the red heifer has brought the end of days, the last days. The red heifer sacrifice is necessary in certain Jewish understandings and certain Christian understandings to usher in the third temple period, to make it possible to build the temple in Jerusalem and thus to begin the end of days. The red heifer is so rare that only a few of them have been identified since the days of Moses. The temple institute in Jerusalem is dedicated to the rebuilding of the temple at Mount Moriah. And they have, sure enough, authenticated that a real red heifer has been found. Now, you also have to tear down that sacred mosque. Now, to rebuild the Temple of Jerusalem, think about this. If you went to Jerusalem and you wanted to rebuild the temple and start the sacrifices all over again, which is what this organization is about, you have to tear down the dome of the mosque. And remember that when the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. by the Romans, no Jewish temple lasted for long upon the ruins that the Romans brought down. But in time, the Islamic world put a mosque there. And if you rip out that mosque, you're asking for trouble. That act alone would start a regional war between Jews and Arabs that would likely plunge the entire world into chaos. As of late, 
portions of the Arab world have announced their plans to acquire the atom bomb. Imagine that in the Middle East because of Iran and terrorist threats and the like. And for many years, the Jewish nation has had a number of them. So when you get both sides with this kind of weapon and you rip out a holy site, who knows what could happen. The Temple Mount is the hot spot. People are looking to Jerusalem to see what will happen. Islamic faith holds to the belief that Muhammad flew to heaven from the Dome of the Rock. He was taken up to heaven, and so they built that mosque there. You tear it down, and of course the jihadists go crazy. On the other hand, many Zionists who have come back to Jerusalem believe, wait, you go all the way back to Solomon, the temple was built by Solomon, it's ours. You go back to the time of Herod, the temple was there, it's ours. We have a right to build a third temple. So this announcement that the red heifer has at last been identified as 100% authentic with perfect red hair all over it. By the way, do we have anyone here with red hair? You have to have 100% red hair to qualify as a red heifer for the sacrifice to occur. But you know, the Temple Institute Jerusalem has said, sure enough, a red heifer has been identified. And so it is asserted by many that we are now living in the end of days because the red heifer has returned. The Temple Institute has already recreated the necessary vessels so that the temple service can begin. Can you believe it that 500 Levites, they claim, have been trained so they can start sacrificing, offering incense, and the like? They are ready to go as soon as the temple is built. Now, the ordinance of the red heifer, take your Bibles and turn with me to Numbers 19, verses 1 to 6. The ordinance of the red heifer is identified right here, and let's read through it. Now, the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron, this is the statute of the law which the Lord has commanded. Tell the people of Israel to bring you a red heifer without defect in which there is no blemish and upon which a yoke has never come. And you shall give her to Eliezer the priest, and she shall be taken outside the camp and slaughtered before the Lord. And Eliezer the priest shall take some of her blood with his finger and sprinkle some of her blood toward the front of the tent of meeting seven times. And the heifer shall be burned in his sight. Her skin, her flesh, her blood with her dung shall be burned. Verse 6. And the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet stuff and cast them into the midst of the burning of the fire. I mean, this is the strangest sacrifice in Israel's history. The red heifer sacrifice was considered, in fact, the most sacred and significant sacrifice in Israel's history. How many of you have ever even heard of it? I mean, we don't talk about it. We talk about the Passover lamb. We talk about Jesus dying for our sins this way and that. But the red heifer is the sacrifice that mattered the most to the Jewish nation. The ashes of the red heifer would be collected for ritual purification to purify a person when a man or woman came into direct contact with the dead. So when you touched a dead person, you were unclean. There was a process of restoring you back to the family and to the nation. You had to be washed in this ceremonial washing that came from the ashes of the red heifer. Now this ritual immersion was called the mikvah waters, the mikvah purification, like a baptism. And when you were purified, you were clean. Now the prophet Ezekiel prophesied that the red heifer mikvah purification water would one day cleanse God's people in the future from all impurity and from every idol. And thus the temple would be rebuilt in a new age in which there would be total faithfulness to God. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Ezekiel 36. Now look at verses 24 to 26 here. 
The Bible says, for I will take you from the nations, God is speaking, and I will gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. And he says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. How many of you here would like to be 100% clean before our holy God? To have no defilement in the last days. To have a conscience that is 100% right with God. A heart that is pure. To have a life record that is washed with the blood of the Lamb. I stand here and I raise my hand. God says, verse 26, A new heart I will give you. And a new spirit I will put within you. In other words, a changed attitude I will give you. And I will take out your flesh, the heart of stone, the hardness of it, the selfish attitude, the bent toward evil, all that's implied. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And then he says, I will put my spirit within you and will cause you to walk in my statutes. How many times have we tried to obey God and our best efforts don't work? They become like ropes of sand and it just doesn't fly. God is saying, look, the answer is not in how hard you try. It's in what I will do to you when I wash you with the mikvah washing, when I purge you with the Holy Spirit, when my spirit changes you. I will be the change agent in your life. And he says, and be careful to observe my ordinances. I will make you an obedient people. Verse 28, you shall dwell in the land which I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and here is the personal peace, and I will be your God. Friend, this is the promise of the new covenant in Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8. Right here in Ezekiel 36, it captures the idea of the mikvah purification. It also is the promise that we find in the book of Daniel. At the end of days, Ezekiel's promise is repeated for the final generation. Take your Bibles and turn to Daniel 12, verse 3. We'll read down to verse 4 and then look at verse 10. Daniel writes, And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn me into righteousness like the what? Like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words, seal the book until what time? Until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Go down to verse 10. Here is the mikvah purification. Many shall purify themselves, make themselves white, and be refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. Friend, I believe we're living in the last days. I believe that we need to know the book of Daniel. I believe we need to know the gospel. And we need to be right with God. And God is saying at the end of time, there will be a people who know their Bibles, who live their Bibles, who are purified, who shine, who are right with God for the coming of Christ. How many of you want to be a part of that group? I do. And friends, I'll tell you right now, I would rather be with a core group of people who want that than with the multitude who could care less. Because those who stand for Christ will stand for Christ. They will love him till the end. They will be purified. The mikvah washing will flow over them. And so God's people at the end of time will be a holy people. Why? Because the blood of the red heifer has somehow reached down through the ages to the time of the end and has washed away the sins of God's people. According to Numbers 19.4, the priest was to take some of the blood of the red heifer and sprinkle it toward the door of the tent of the sanctuary. Now, what does that mean? Here's what it means. It means you can't have a new sanctuary without the blood of the red heifer. You can't restore the sanctuary unless the blood is there at the door. You can't go into the door unless the blood is there. So without the blood and without the red heifer, you can't even start the service of the sanctuary. 
The sacrificial ordinance in verse 10 was for both the native-born and the stranger to obey to the letter, and thus it would give them the right to be clean and the right to live before God as a holy people. Now, the ancient rabbis, and I don't really care too much for everything they have to say, but I read a little bit from them. They believe that the red heifer is perhaps the greatest mystery in the Torah, the law of Moses. They don't have a clue why it's there. Why is the red heifer sacrifice there? What does it mean, they ask? Why would God do this? What significance does it have for the future? Why is it outside the camp and not inside at the altar where everything else is? Why this red heifer thing? And yet it is the most sacred sacrifice in the history of Israel. Why do the ashes that make the person unclean who touches it as you sacrifice the red heifer, why do those same ashes, why are they used and put with water for the purification, the mikvah washing of the baptismal process that makes a person clean? How can the unclean make someone clean? They couldn't figure it out. And some of the rabbis, in fact, came to believe that the offering of the red heifer reverses the sin of the golden calf. Maybe that's what it's about. You know, they had a golden calf at Sinai. We have a red heifer kind of thing. Maybe that takes care of Israel's sin. Now, I'd like to focus in on the four conditions of the red heifer. For them to choose what is the right one, they had to follow these four clear guidelines. Number one, the red heifer must be perfectly red. Just two hairs of any other color, and it is not a red heifer. Can you imagine counting the hairs of a red heifer? I can see the rabbis, one, two, one, two, another scribe is saying, "Uh uh-oh, found a white hair. You know, it sounds like some people who could go through the mirror in the morning, oh no, a white hair. Well, one white hair, one off-color hair, no red heifer. Number two. The red heifer must be three to four years old, maybe a little older, but no younger. Number three, the red heifer must have no internal or external blemish at all. It must be a perfect red heifer. Number four, the red heifer must never, ever have been used for any kind of yoke, burden, or labor. And when a red heifer met all four of those conditions, you could sacrifice it. Pastor Michael Oxentenka will continue in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine, We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. When a red heifer met all four of those conditions, you could sacrifice it. And they did. Only an animal that meets these conditions was good enough for the purification of the dead. All others were rejected. They could be used for sin offerings, but not for the red heifer offering. The red heifer was to be burned outside the camp. Outside the camp. 
At the time of Christ, that was the spot just outside the eastern gate that led up to the summit of the Mount of Olives where the altar of the red heifer was found. So it was right there. It was on the same mountain where they would crucify criminals or hang criminals as they faced God, experiencing the wrath of God. Now, the Hebrew word for red heifer is para adumah. Para is the Hebrew word for heifer. And adumah is the Hebrew word for red. Now, the word adumah, translated red, is the Hebrew adjective for the personal name of Adam. Adumah, Adam. Can you hear it? You know, so from the time when Moses built the tabernacle in the desert until the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, only nine red heifers were sacrificed. Only nine. They are hard to find. Nine is one short of ten. So why would there only be nine? I mean, the rabbis, the Jewish people, they wrap their head around that thing. Ten is the number of God's covenant and his law. And nine is not enough to bring in the full number of obedience and faith and cleansing. So nine red heifers were found. The tenth was not found. The Jewish scholar and rabbi, Bimonides, believed that the tenth para Adamah. The tenth red heifer would bring in the Messiah's return. Now think about this. The red heifer, the Adamah, the para Adamah, it is the Adam heifer we're talking about. Adam was taken from the red earth. In fact, the name Adam means red. Edom, derived from it, means red. He was taken from the red earth. He was the son of the earth. And thus the para Adamah is the Adam heifer because Adam is the dead man who has defiled every single human being because his dead DNA lives in us and we are touching the dead man every day of our life. We are connected to Adam. We have that dead man's genes in every one of us and we are touching the one who sinned against God, the one who rebelled against God, the Adam who was the red man from the earth who defied God and brought our world into rebellion. And so many Jews today honestly and sincerely wait for the Messiah to come because they realize that something is not finished with nine red heifers. You have to have a tenth red heifer. And so it is thought by some that the Messiah cannot come until a perfect red heifer appears to herald his coming. Thus the Messiah must wait himself, it is thought, for the return of the red heifer. The Temple Institute shares the view of the rabbis that when Messiah comes, the famous quotation, he will stand upon the temple roof and shout, Humble ones, the time of your redemption has arrived. And so they have waited for 1,900 years of sorrow to be overturned. They've prayed three times a day for the return of the red heifer. Now what they wait for has already come. You see, what they are longing for has already been realized. The Messiah they seek has already sought them, and the blood of the red heifer has already been slain for them. This they do not understand. If we're looking for a real red heifer, we've missed the real thing because type has met anti-type in the coming of Jesus to this world. The new covenant has already been inaugurated in their behalf. There is a sanctuary that has been opened that is not of this world, that is not the one that will be built in the Temple Mount at any time. It's the one that has been inaugurated at the Rar- God himself is at the center of the universe that will come down at the end of the millennium and occupy the very spot where the altar of the red heifer used to exist. And many Christians, like many sincere Jews, are looking to the wrong time and the wrong place for the return of the red heifer. 
The gospel prophet Isaiah predicted that the Messiah would himself provide the sacrifice of the red heifer. In fact, go back. Go back to Genesis 22. What did Abraham say? My son, the Lord himself, will provide for himself or himself the sacrifice. It's God's business to make sure that the red heifer shows up in the right time. Isaiah understood that the Messiah, the suffering servant, would in some way be the red heifer. Look at Isaiah 52 verse 13. Behold, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up and shall be very high. As many as were astonished at him, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the sons of men. In John 12, 32, Jesus said, If I am lifted up, I will draw what? I'll draw all men. In the universe, it doesn't say all men in the Greek. It says panta, meaning the universe. I'll draw the cosmic order unto me. Meaning not just Jew, not just Gentile. I will draw angels closer to me who never fell because the cross will be the gathering point to unite the universe and save it from sin. Christ was referring to these verses right here in Isaiah 52, 14 to 13 when he made that statement. Now look at verse 15. So shall he startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them, they shall see. And that which they have not heard, they shall understand. Now, the Revised Standard Version that I'm reading to here fails to share the Hebrew meaning of the text. It doesn't say in verse 15, literally, so shall he startle many nations. It says literally, he shall sprinkle many nations. The Messiah himself would provide the purification to sprinkle the nations, to make them clean. He would be the mikvah source of purification. The blood and the water, the sprinkling would occur and the peoples of the earth could be clean. Men and women from afar would see, kings would come, and they would see the Adam heifer, the ashes, the mikvah, and they would be clean. To the leper in Matthew 8.3 who didn't think that he could be clean because no leper ever could be in the past. No one had ever pronounced a leper clean. Jesus was there and he cried out to Jesus, Lord. Now think about this. If there are times in your life when you feel powerless, when you feel like the uncleanness of your own personal failure has overtaken you, there is one thing you need to do to get on your knees and say, Lord. Christ is not just the giver of good advice. He is Lord. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be clean. You know, friend, I come to church because I want to come into contact with the living Lord Jesus Christ. I want the touch of a man who can make me clean. I get it in the Bible. I get it in fellowship together. I get it in worship. I am touched by the presence of the Lord on the Holy Sabbath day. In Matthew 23, 26, Jesus told the Pharisees that they needed to be clean too. Perfectionists need to be clean just like the unclean failure because we are all unclean. And so Christ extended the offer to the Pharisees, just like he did to the leper. Isaiah said, so shall he sprinkle many nations. Friend, we can't be clean in our lives unless the blood of Jesus Christ, as John says, cleanses us from all sin. I need the blood of Christ. I go around and I hear people in certain Christian quarters saying, we don't want to talk about the blood of Christ. That's a pagan idea of sacrifice. You know what? It's the sacrifice of Christ on the cross that makes this pagan have a clean heart. 
I'll take it any day over the philosophy and the foolishness that people exert to take its place. And God forbid that we should glory in anything except the cross of Christ by which the world, we are crucified to it and we are fully crucified to it. We can't escape our connection to the dead man, Adam. Why? Because the dead man's genes are found in us. And unless the blood of Jesus makes us clean, we are dead, we are unclean. We need the mikvah waters that come from Jesus' side. We need the baptism waters that come because of the cross. Romans 5.14, open your Bibles. Now, Paul is very clear here. Our connection to the past is our connection to the dead. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, he writes in Romans. Even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam. And then he says this, who was a type of the one who is to come. Adam brought death. Adam's decision put us all into a collective cabinet of evil. And somehow Jesus would come and he would be a new Adam. And he would touch us and the uncleanness of Adam would be replaced by the purity and the power of a new Adam. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. I don't want to be found in these last days having a righteousness of my own based on law, based on how good I think I am. I want a righteousness that is found because I am in Christ by faith. And so Paul says, so also in Christ, in Christ shall all be made alive. You know, when a person is baptized, when a person comes to Jesus, they are baptized into Christ. They enter into a covenant relationship with Christ. And the covenant is a stable thing for them. Join us again next time when we conclude the return of the red heifer here on Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe in prayer. We believe in the God who answers our prayers and meets our needs. Each week, we are standing by to receive your prayer requests and seek God with you. His word declares, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Call our prayer line today with your requests and our team will join you in seeking that the God of heaven will meet each one of your needs. Our telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.